Praise the Lord, everybody. It is so great to be here in Cabot with you wonderful people of God and so great to see what God is doing here, uh, to be in your new building and just uh, the excellence here. I know this represents a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work, but this is truly a wonderful thing that God is doing here in Cabot. And I do want to give honor to your leadership. I don't believe I need to tell you that you've been blessed with tremendous leadership. Amen. I so greatly appreciate. Amen. So greatly appreciate Pastor Gaddy, his voice. Uh, as I said at the, uh, the district, uh, the men's conference, not just a voice here in Arkansas, but a voice to the fellowship, a voice to the movement and a man that God is using mightily. I'm not going to belabor the time here, but I do believe there is a word uh, from God for us here. And, and let me just also mention, as uh, pastor said, I am a missionary's kid. So being here for the global missions or the world missions uh, weekend is special. And having said that, it's so great to see the Nichols. It looks like Sister Celinda slipped out on us. But uh, for those of you who don't know, for many years, she headed up our MK Ministries, Missionary Kids Ministries, and you don't know the lives. I think only eternity is going to reveal the impact that she has had on the lives of missionaries' kids, amen, literally all over the world. And so we so greatly appreciate, appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, I want to read from Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14. As you find that, let me say something I never take for granted, the opportunity to stand before the people of God. Genesis chapter 22, 14. And the Bible says, and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. I want to preach to you here for the next few moments simply about the provision of God. It's my prayer that there will be a revelation in this house. And somebody's going to leave this house with a fresh understanding, a fresh appreciation for the provision of God. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for your power your anointing, your presence that we feel in this house, God. We don't take your presence lightly. We don't take your presence for granted, God. We thank you now for inhabiting our praise and making yourself manifest among us because we know that when you show up, anything can happen. Any mind can be lifted. Any stronghold can be broken, God. You are here, and so anything and everything can take place. We give your name the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I've come to learn that one of the great ways to, to get to know God, one of the great ways to get to know the character of God is by the names of God that are revealed in Scripture. Uh, because in, in ancient Hebrew culture and in the Bible times, uh, a name generally was meant to reflect a, a person's character. A name was meant to, to say something about that person. It was uh, generally not like what happens today where you have a baby and, and you're going to have a baby. You go online, you start looking for names and you, you find a name that you like and it's just some sort of a random name that you found that you like. It, it generally wasn't like that in that day and time. A name was meant to, to reflect a person's character 
your name was meant to say something about that person. And so it was not uncommon for parents to give a child a name that reflected the nature or the circumstances of that child's birth. But later, as that child began to grow and began to develop other characteristics, the parents would sometimes actually go back and change the name of that child to reflect those new characteristics. And so you look through scripture, you see that, that Satan means opposer or adversary and, and devil means accuser or slanderer. This tells us about the role and the character of our enemy. He is an opposer and he is an accuser. He would seek to oppose both God and man. He would seek to accuse man to God and accuse God to man. We also see in scripture that the name Jacob means uh, heel grabber or trickster. Uh, and Jacob would live up to the ideals of his name uh, time after time in his life. Uh, he would trick his brother and steal his birthright. Uh, he would trick his uncle Laban. Uh, but we also see that later uh, in Jacob's life, uh, he had an encounter with God uh, that changed who he was. Uh, he had an encounter with God uh, that changed his character. Uh, it changed his life. Uh, and in that encounter, uh, we see that God then changed uh, his name. Uh, God took this heel grabber, uh, this trickster, uh, and God changed his name to Israel, uh, which means one who prevails uh, with God. Uh, indeed, you look in scripture uh, and you find it was not uncommon uh, for God to change somebody's name uh, when their character changed. And I don't have time to preach about that this morning, uh, but that's why I get excited uh, every time I read that I've got a new name uh, that's written in glory. Uh, every time I learn uh, that I've got a new name, uh, it's just a reminder uh, that when God looks at me, uh, he doesn't see my old character. When God looks at me, he doesn't see the man that I used to be. When God looks at you, he doesn't see the lady that you used to be. But you ought to be excited that you've got a new name that's written in glory. Everything has changed. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Oh my God, somebody with the testimony ought to be excited about that this morning. My God, oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You don't know like I know what God uh, has brought me from. Uh, you don't know like I know how many times uh, God had to pick me up uh, when I failed. Uh, you don't know the grace and mercy uh, that God has extended in my life. Uh, uh, but the names of God in Scripture provide revelation of his character. So in our text this morning, we find uh, a compound name of God uh, that reveals an aspect of his character. And no doubt most of you are familiar with the story of Abraham and Isaac, but let me uh, uh, just provide a bit of con uh, context here. Uh, we, we, we know that God uh, had promised Abraham that he would have a child uh, who would make him the father of many nations. Uh, and when God made this promise to Abraham, uh, he was an old man uh, already, and, and years began to pass uh, without that promise coming to pass. Uh, and Abraham and Sarah began to get, uh, they began to get discouraged. Uh, they were getting even older, uh, and nothing was happening. Uh, and then they began to make mistakes. They began to try to manufacture the promise of God through their own doings. But then when it seemed far beyond being impossible, the Bible lets us know that Sarah gave birth to Isaac. And God let them know that it was through Isaac that that promise was going to be fulfilled. But many years later in the life of Isaac, God once again appeared to Abraham and told Abraham to take Isaac to a mountain and sacrifice.
Christ him there. And the amazing thing, Pastor Gaddy, every time I read that, it amazes me that in the very next verse, the Bible says, so Abraham gathered Isaac and gathered the wood and gathered the servants and went to go do what God told him to do. It's amazing that he got that kind of instruction and without any sort of debate with God, he got up and began to do what God told him to do. And they traveled some three days to the mountain that God had shown him. And the Bible says when Abraham got to that mountain, he left the servants behind and he and Isaac began to climb to the place of sacrifice. And when they got to the place of sacrifice, Abraham built an altar. He laid Isaac on that altar. And Abraham was on the verge of sacrificing Isaac when an angel appeared to him, told him not to harm Isaac, that heaven had seen that he was willing to do whatever heaven told him to do. And it was only then that Abraham looked and he saw a ram in the bushes and he offered that ram as a sacrifice instead of Isaac. And that brings us to our text this morning. The very next verse is what we read as our text. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Here, one of the compound names of God is revealed. Jehovah Jireh. It means the Lord who provides. Hear me when I say that Genesis 22:14 is the only verse in all the scriptures that revealed this name. But I'm so glad that one mention is enough. I'm so glad to know that that is a part of the nature of God. I'm so glad to know that I serve a God who provides. I believe there are testimonies all across this sanctuary. Many and women who could say uh, I would not be who I am today uh, if not for Jehovah Jireh. We would not be the church that we are right now uh, if not for Jehovah Jireh. We wouldn't be in the building that we're sitting in right now uh, if not for a God uh, who can provide. Uh, but what does it mean to provide? It might seem like a silly question, but in all honesty, when I began to study the word, to dig into the etymology, the history, the origins of the word, I was surprised at what I learned. Because prior to doing so, if you had asked me, I would have told you that the core concept of providing may be to give or to supply. But what I learned is that we get the word provide from the Latin providere. Pro means before. We use pro in many words, proactive and, and, and so on. Pro means before. And videri doesn't mean to do or to give, but videri means to see. It's from videri that we get words like video. It has everything to do with the ability to see. And so when you combine the two, pro videri, it means to see before. And so in the truest sense to provide is to look ahead, to prepare in advance, to act with foresight. Seeing is a vital part of truly providing. In fact, it would appear that seeing may be the most important part of truly providing. And so it is therefore not mere coincidence that the root word of provision is vision. I'll say that again. It's not coincidence that the root word of provision is is vision because with provision there is an element 
of being able to see ahead and being able to supply what is specifically needed based on what has specifically been seen. Now I began to learn that this was consistent throughout many languages. And in fact, it was consistent with what we find in scripture. I said a few moments ago that the meaning of Jehovah Jireh is the Lord who provides. But the literal translation of Jehovah Jireh is the Lord who sees. And I fear that the concept of Jehovah Jireh has become watered down through the process of time. But when Abraham said in that moment that he's Jehovah Jireh, Abraham wasn't saying he's the God who just gives me stuff. He wasn't saying he's the God who just tosses me trinkets. But when Abraham says uh, he's Jehovah Jireh. He says he's the Lord uh, who sees. Uh, he's the Lord who sees uh, where I am. Uh, he's the Lord who knows uh, my circumstance. Uh, he's the Lord who knew all along uh, where me and my Isaac were. Uh, he's the Lord uh, who sees where I'm going uh, and he can supply my needs uh, based uh, on what he uh, can see. Because uh, if we're not careful, we may begin to see the provision of God as some random generic supplies that he gives us. Or we might begin to see the provision of God as some sort of shopping list that we use to go to God to get what we think we need based on what we see. But I'm preaching here that the vision of God and the foresight of God is a vital part of his provision in my life. It's a vital part of his provision in your life. It's a vital part of his provision to his church. It would appear to me that the greatest comfort in the provision of God lies not in what God can do, but it lies in what he can see. Because the ability of God doesn't matter if he can't see where you are. I've come to preach against that whisper of the enemy that has somebody just about convinced that God doesn't see where you are, that God doesn't know what you're walking through, that God doesn't see what your family is facing, that God doesn't know what your marriage is going through. I've come to preach against that whisper that has somebody convinced that God doesn't see and God doesn't know. I've come to preach Jehovah Jireh, a God who sits high and looks low, a God who sees all, a God who knows all, and a God who will supply every need. My God. In Genesis 22, as they made their way to that place of sacrifice, Isaac was old enough to look around and begin to ask questions. He says, Dad, I see the wood. I see the fire. He says, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Isaac is going by what he sees. And what he sees raises more questions than answers. What he sees begs the question, how can we possibly do what God is telling us to do? How can we possibly complete the sacrifice? But Abraham's response to Isaac's question is found in verse 8, where he told Isaac that God would provide himself the lamb. The word that's translated provide in that, in that verse literally means that God would see to it. That's the confidence I'm trying to preach into somebody's spirit. 
No doubt Abraham had just as many questions as Isaac did. No doubt Abraham was wondering why God uh, was telling him to do uh, what he was telling him to do. Uh, but Abraham made every step uh, with that confidence. Uh, I might not have all the answers. Uh, I might not know everything uh, that's going to happen. Uh, but this one thing I do know, uh, God will uh, see to it. Uh, God will uh, see to it. Uh, I would to God that confidence uh, would grab a hold of somebody uh, in new life this morning. Uh, I don't know what you're walking through, uh, but I would to God uh, you would be baptized uh, with the fresh confidence uh, that God will uh, see to it. Mm. And when God provided, he didn't just provide Abraham with something. He provided Abraham with the very thing that he needed in order to do what God had called him to do. Nothing else that God could have given him in that moment would have helped Abraham because we serve a God who sees ahead. We serve a God who sees where you are. We serve a God who sees where your children are. And we serve a God who sees where our nation is. We serve a God who sees all what's going to happen in the future. And he is able to supply what we need. There are examples of God seeing ahead throughout the life of Abraham. I talked about this a little bit to the men yesterday. That when God first called Abraham to follow him, his name was Abram. And Abram means exalted father. Yet at the time when God chose to use Abram, he was 75 years old and had no children. God chose to use a man called exalted father when he was 75 years old and had no children. Later when God appeared to Abram, he was now even older. And all he had was the one child that was the fruit of his unbelief, the fruit of his disbelief. And it was then that God changed his name to Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. Before the birth of Isaac, before the birth of the promise, when all he was was an old man with the fruit of his failure, God changed his name then in advance because we serve a God who can see ahead. We serve a God who doesn't just see the man that you are right now, but he sees the man that he's making you into. He sees the lady that you're going to be, and he's able to speak to you now based on what he knows you're going to be. And as pastor mentioned here on this mission Sunday, my family, we spent 33 years in the mission field in Liberia. We lived through civil war in Liberia. And I could spend the rest of the service giving you testimonies of the provision of God in our lives. Times and circumstances when God looked ahead. But let me just give you one example. Before my parents became missionaries, they, spent, they were in Africa. My father was in the army. He was stationed in Africa and used to train African troops. And, and so since the 60s and 70s, we've been in Africa. And in all that time in Africa, we had never owned a waterbed. But one trip before we went back, my older sister just got adamant. She had to have a waterbed. Had to have a waterbed. 
When my dad tells a story, he just, he talks about how it was almost an obsession. And he told her, no, he's not spending all that money on a waterbed. And uh, some of you may know my father, but for those who don't know my father, before he became a missionary, he was a drill sergeant. <laughs> and that might tell you all you need to know about when you get a no from a man like him. He's not, you don't normally get a hard no from him. And then he'd go back and, and reconsider. But she just was persistent. I mean, just an obsession. She had to have a waterbed. She wouldn't take no for an answer. Finally, my father happened to go to a garage sale, saw a waterbed, and he says he bought it just to get her to be quiet. Didn't know if it worked, didn't know if it had a bunch of holes in it. He just bought it just to say, here's your waterbed. We'll throw it in the container. Now you've got your waterbed. Within a few months of returning to Liberia on this trip, the Civil War started. And because of where our house was in relation to the government radio station, it was a high priority target. Whoever controlled the government radio station could speak to the nation and give whatever propaganda they wanted to give. Because of that, we were trapped in our home for 17 days. Soldiers in the front yard, rebels in the backyard. Every day there was fighting. We couldn't leave the house for 17 days. And we would not have survived 17 days in sub-Saharan Africa, if not for the water in that waterbed. Now that's not a million dollars, but a million dollars wouldn't have done us any good in that circumstance. I wouldn't be standing here this morning if not for the water in that waterbed. But we serve a God who's able to look ahead. And he's able to put something in the mind of a 17-year-old girl and say, I'm not going to quit asking. I'm not going to stop. In this one circumstance, I'm not going to take no for an answer because we serve a God who knows what is to come. And we serve a God who can supply. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel confidence rising in this house. I feel faith rising in this house. My God. God. Sometimes God will provide experiences. Something you need to encounter now and conquer now that will prepare you for something that's coming down the road. I'm reminded of David all by himself watching his father's sheep. A lion would come and attack his father's sheep. And David all by himself would have to stand and fight a lion. And then a bear would come and attack his father's sheep. And David would have to stand all alone in the wilderness and fight a bear. And, and, and no doubt, you know, you can get in that circumstance and you might begin to wonder why God is allowing you to go through those things. Why God is allowing you to face those kinds of circumstances. But you fast forward in the life of David. And David now stands, finds himself standing on the biggest stage he had ever stood on. Facing the biggest giant he had ever faced. And now can you see David being able to look back in the rearview mirror of his life. And draw from those experiences. Before he went to face Goliath, he gave his testimony. He says, one day I was watching my father's sheep. A lion came and attacked my father's sheep. 
but God gave me the victory over the lion. And then a bear came and attacked my father's sheep, and God gave me the victory over the bear. God has provided an experience for me that has enabled me. He wasn't forsaking me. He hadn't forgotten me, but he was preparing me. He provided something that made me the man that I need to be in this circumstance. He provided something that gave me the confidence that I needed to have to be able to say the same God that brought me through yesterday is still on the throne, and this too shall pass. So once again, his provision is not based on what we, what we see. It's based on what he sees. And I'm thankful about that. Because I don't know where my life would be here today if God had done for me according to what I saw and what I thought. I'm thankful that God relies on his vision for my provision. But no doubt the greatest example of the provision of God is revealed in the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. The one who was foretold of even in the garden. See, after Adam and Eve had sinned, God came, appeared to them, told them the consequences of their sin. It had damaged the relationship between man and God. And they would no longer be able to have an intimate walk with God. And now there would be pain. There would be loss. There would be death. But in that very same conversation, when God told them of the consequences of sin, God also told them that one day the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Adam and Eve had no way of knowing the significance of that statement. But God is speaking here in his provision. You see, this is the only time in all of Scripture that the Bible talks about the seed of a woman. Because biologically, the woman has no seed. And in every other instance, when the Bible talks about the seed, it's talking about the seed of a man. But God, even in the garden, is speaking in his provision. And he's saying things are broken now, but he's looking thousands of years into the future. And God is saying one day a child is going to be born. And he's not going to be the seed of any man. And through him there would be redemption. Through him man will once again be reconciled to God. Through him man will be able to once again walk with God in an intimate way. Through him man will be able to find a newness of life. He would bear the sins of the world. He would redeem us from the curse of the law. He would defeat the power of death, hell, and the grave. He who knew no sin would become sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Through him, we who once were far off have been brought near. Through him, we'll be able to enter the holies of holies. Through him, the works of the devils would be defeated. In him, we would live and move and have our being. Uh, God saw what was to come. And God has provided a way of escape because God knew that we could not be the people that he wants us to be. We could not be the people that we desire to be. 
without his provision. And if you've never taken advantage of this, the greatest provision of God, the lamb that was slain for your sins and my sins, if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, that's not just some religious rite, some ritual that we do. But the Bible says, for as many as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. That when you come out of that water, you might look the same. But something has been added to your life. Something supernatural has taken place. You have put on Christ. And so now when the judgment of God looks at you, uh, it doesn't just see you. Uh, it doesn't see what you used to be, uh, but it sees the evidence of the sacrifice. Uh, you have uh, put on Christ. Uh, old things uh, are passed away uh, and your sins uh, have been remitted. If you've never been filled with the Spirit of God, but God takes such control over everything that you are that he takes control of the most untamable member of the body, the tongue. And you find yourself so overwhelmed that you're speaking a language that you've never learned. If you've never taken advantage of that provision, that provision is here today. It's because of that provision that you and I can go free. It's because of that provision that you and I can rise above condemnation and guilt. The people that we used to be and rise to walk in a newness of life. God knew that we could not be what he wants us to be without his provision in our lives. So no matter who you are here today, I want to preach a confidence in the provision of God. A God who sees what we're facing. A God who sees what is to come. And a God whose provision will match the circumstance. When God provides, he doesn't just provide stuff, but he gives us exactly what we need to go where he's trying to take us. So our text, and Abraham called the name of that place, Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Something about that last line that speaks to me. In the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. That one day, it will be revealed. That when you get to where God has been trying to take you, that when you get to the mount of the Lord, then you'll be able to see what God has already seen in his provision. Hear what I'm saying? Abraham did not see the provision of God until he got all the way to the place of sacrifice. He had to climb to where God was trying to take him without being able to see the provision of God. He had to walk by faith. Every step he took, he had questions, but he had to have confidence in God 
He had to walk by faith. I, I, I'm trying to preach something into somebody's spirit. You might not be able to see it now. You might not have all the answers now, but don't stop climbing. Don't stop walking. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop praying. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't give up while you're climbing because if you faint not, if you go where God is trying to take you in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. My God, one day it's going to be revealed and you're going to be able to see what God saw all along. One day you're going to be able to see what God has provided. Don't stop until you get to the place of sacrifice. Can we stand all over this building? I'm preaching here a confidence, a confidence in God. A confidence that says, God, I might not be able to see it. I might have questions. I might be wondering how I can do what you're calling me to do. I might be wondering how I can go where you're trying to take me. But my confidence is not in my vision. My confidence is in your provision. My confidence is in Jehovah Jireh, the one who sees. I'm going to say it one more time. I've come to stand against that whisper of the enemy that has somebody just about convinced that God doesn't see and God doesn't know. Has you just about convinced that where you're walking, somehow God doesn't know what you're going through. I've come to preach a confidence in Jehovah Jireh. I've come to preach a confidence in the provision of a God who will never leave you, a God who will never forsake you, a God that you can have confidence in, a God who sees where you are, and a God who sees where he's taking you. My God, I feel faith rising in this house. If there's anybody in this house who's getting weary in your climb, the enemy has been attacking your faith because you can't see it. I've come to preach that confidence of Abraham. God will see to it. God will see to it. And one day I'm going to see it. See. One day everybody's going to see what God saw. But I'm going to keep climbing. Uh, these altars are open right now. I feel faith in this house. If you feel the Spirit of God drawing you now, why don't you step out? Find a place. Find a place where you can receive something from Jehovah Jireh. Find a place where you can be baptized with the fresh confidence in Jehovah Jireh. Oh, come on, let it happen all across this building. In the name of Jesus, we bind every attack against every spirit 
in the name of Jesus we pray now with apostolic authority we speak now with apostolic dominion God baptize somebody in this house with the fresh confidence that you see and that you know and that you will supply every need baptize somebody in this house with the fresh confidence that they're not forsaken they're not forgotten baptize somebody in this house with the ability to keep climbing until they see it yes God yes God oh come on something's happening come on something's happening confidence is rising in this house faith is rising in this house oh come on let something apostolic break out in new life this morning let something life-changing and apostolic break out in this house Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Yes, God, yes, God. She out of God. Yes, God, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, he sees. He knows. He sees. He knows. He sees. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Come on, don't stop short this morning. Yes, God. Don't stop short this morning. Come on, I'm going all the way to the mount of the Lord. I'm going all the way to the place of sacrifice. I'm going all the way to the place of sacrifice. Oh, come on, the waters of baptism are ready. The waters of baptism are ready this morning. If you've never taken advantage of that provision of God, don't leave the way you came. Don't leave the way you came. Yes, God, yes, God. Uh, come on, don't leave the way you came this morning. Yes, God, yes, God. 